I'm afraid if you're going to succeed, the sooner you believe in yourself, the better. And you've got to set out every day as if you're going to succeed. You've got to. Who wants to be an entrepreneur? This isn't a quiz show. This is reality. A real-life discovery of what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. Welcome to a new season of podcast episodes of personal and business coaching topics and techniques around the three pillars of HEW, health, excellence, and wealth. HEW is introducing guests to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur show based on their own personal experiences, a full real-life account of trials and tribulations of what it takes. Good morning, Matthew. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're just going to uh, kick off this episode then of Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur podcast, What It Takes, speaking with yourself to hear a little bit about your background on where it all began. Where did you start? Why did you start? And what was the kind of the, the motivating factors behind it all? Uh, well, where did I start? Um, I'm a bit of a home bird. I'm, I'm from Sheffield, born here. Um, I've never left. I started my business here in my parents' garage when I was 17 years old. I'm 45 now, so you can do the maths on that. It's been a, a 28-year overnight success, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been been a, been a journey. Yeah, what you know? What, why did I do this? No, no real plan to to get into business. Just um, I'd always had a good work ethic. I think I was washing dishes when I was 13. And, and I did I did have a bit of a hunger for money, which is I'm a bit embarrassed about. I was probably just chasing cash to start with. Mm-hmm. That's quite a normal um, sort of mindset to have, though, is it not, for people starting off in, in business, would it, you say? It is, it is. But I've met a lot of people along the journey that don't have that mindset, very caring people. My wife's a nurse, for instance, and money doesn't motivate her, and, and I respect that a lot. And I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I did chase pure cash in the beginning. Uh, and that's turned into something else now, 28 years later. And it, and it does get you going. It's a good start, I guess. You've yeah. got to pay the bills, and that's fair enough. I sense a little bit of change there in mindset and change in approach. So um, we'll hold on fire on that one um, and come back to it in terms of what what that motivating factor is for you today and how you operate today, which is yeah. very, very different to how it all started in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. as long as you're motivated, I think... I think you've got to have something, a burning fire in you to make you want to go to the next step step or stage. Yeah. So you spoke there about work ethic. Describe work ethic for me. Um, for some reason, I've just got it in me that I want to work, not hard, but smart, I think. Um, I started off as a labourer as well. After washing dishes, I was a labourer on a building site. I quickly learned that working hard, unfortunately doesn't always work um, because there's a lot of people out there working very hard and that they're not you know they're not financially at least um, do, doing so well uh, and I could see that can't be the answer so working smart sent to be like a good way to go okay um, and that looked like you know being more strategic thinking about what you're doing why you're doing it um, and yeah making the most in the time that you've got yeah I mean, you know, that working smart, not hard is a is a, um, a popular phrase that's badged around. I often think that a lot of people say that, and this is obviously not true in your case, but a lot of people say that without knowing the meaning of what the smart is. It's just a popular phrase to coin a phrase, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but 
at what point then did you get to that stage where you realised what working smart was and what was required? It took a while. A lot. You go down a lot of rabbit holes along the way. But I think it's just keeping positive as you do that and, and learning quick and learning cheap. That's another phrase that's used and popular. Um, I learned more recently. It took me a lot of time to figure out that focus is key. It's much better to be great at something than to be good at a lot of things. Uh, and I'm quoting, you've probably read Jim Collins there, but um, yeah, it's. I think it's... It, it, You've got to be great, not good. You've got to focus on something. Okay. And what was the, what was the change then in your focus at that point? Uh, at that point, I'd become a generalist. I was making good money, very good money. We had a core area that we'd become good at, and then we'd kind of filled in around it with lots of products and activities were, that were also good or average, uh, and it just wasn't cutting the mustard. We weren't breaking into the big time. Mm. Um, it was only when we uh, looked at the Pareto rule, the 80-20 rule, and we looked at the business, where's the money coming from, and 80% of the, of the, of the revenue um, and the profits were coming from 20% of the products. Mm. And we took the unusual step of shutting down all the other products, focusing on, on our core, uh, and doing a really great job. Mm. And we believe that we're number one in, in the UK in what we do, and, and we intend to be number one globally. Yeah. Uh, and it is about being number one, not number two. You've yeah. got to pick something that you do have a chance of being the best in the world at. And you've got to be, you've got to be blasé about it like that, that I'm going to be the best. And if you're not, if you're setting off to be second best, you need to rethink your plan. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. In terms of your story and your business and your model and your brand, you're very different um, as a guest on this show. Everybody who I've um, interviewed previously have all been in the in a, a service industry okay. and offering a service. You're offering a product. Yeah. It's a product-based um, industry where, obviously, you're not at the helm of doing everything, are you? No. You spoke there in, 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 a, in a lot of detail about we 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 obviously this is a global brand that we're talking about here mm -hmm. can you talk to me a little bit more then about um uh, the team required behind such a successful product-based business uh yeah yeah i think i think as a business you go through different stages uh you hit plateaus and glass ceilings and you, you they're painful to break through but you've just got to keep keep busting through them as you go and you do get a bit stuck but you've got to keep enthusiastic and I think we've been through maybe three or four glass ceilings over 28 years so you can work that out how, how many so that I think you set off with a fairly naive understanding of business you employ lots of family and friends and anybody you can really you get let down left right and center and ripped off and then you start to learn your lessons and you start to put maybe maybe more learned people in place but still on a local scale and and it's just about building up that bravery to hire the right people in the right places uh, again I'll, I'll probably quote jim collins far too much in this um putting the right people on the bus then putting the right those people in the right seats then deciding where the bus goes Obviously, the bus is on a general journey. I'm in power tools. That was always the journey. 
but these people will help you make sure you're focused and that you're doing everything you can. Yeah. I'm lucky enough now to have some of the top uh, C-suite, you know, CFO, CEO kind of people that money can buy in the UK. And they're not there for money. They are genuinely there because they want to make a difference and they enjoy building a brand. So it's building yourself up, getting through those glass ceilings, getting the best people you can around you at each stage uh, and, and not, not being a skinflint with your money. You know, you get what you pay for. It's a fact. Yeah. More with people than with anything. Yeah. And that has that been a consistent trait throughout all of the business journey? You talked about three or four glass ceilings. And obviously, um, you know, off off um, off record here, you've just been telling me about some of your, your recent recruits and additions into the team, which is pretty impressive to say the least. Um, but has that been something of consistency then where it is a case of investing properly to do things properly? After the first few years or so, what you said about being involved with like family members and mm. getting help, I guess, in that respect, to then it changes dimension, doesn't it? An undercurrent of this is this is a proper business that's going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Once you realise that you're on a on a longer journey, I guess I guess that's something else entrepreneurs struggle with that they don't believe in themselves, they don't believe in their service or product, and I'm afraid if you're going to succeed, the sooner you believe in yourself, the better. Um, and you've got to set out every day as if you're gonna you're gonna succeed. You've got to, uh, and you've got to shoot forward. You've got to be futuristic and think about where you want to take this. Otherwise, you're just gonna live in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Has there any been has there been any um, points in 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 your business building and brand building, uh, Matthew, where you've lacked that self belief? Uh, uh, I, I've probably got lazy. I remember getting to a point when I was 30 and I thought I'd made it and um, I kind of took early retirement, which sounds ridiculous at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I finished early, I, I started late, I started. I think I took flying lessons at the time and I'd hit the jackpot, I was swanning around in a nice convertible uh, and making money. I think we'd, we'd made I don't know, like a million quid clear in 2005 and I thought I'd made it. Yeah. But it, it's not about money. It's about where can you go with this and not not undercutting yourself. You've got your own life. You've got achievements to make for whatever motivation. And that has changed. Um, but yeah, just doing your best. So I kind of reinvented myself a couple of years later or a year later when I got bored doing nothing. And it's not as much fun as you think once you've kind of got to that stage so belief for you wasn't ever a problem no your no. mindset was always strong i think so i think i think I, I yeah i have a strong belief yeah i have a strong belief i, I think early on as a little story is that i went to clumber park for those of you that are local and i saw what that family had done if you go there you see the beautiful house that they built and they they were so audacious that they even built themselves a church and a lake and you know a, a, the whole park is their garden and you just think wow these people were audacious and i thought yeah i i can do that we need to do that if they can do it why can't i um i haven't built a lake and, and, a, and, a, and a church per se but yeah <laughs> whether it's for you or for others well, we'll, we'll visit that shortly but yeah in, t in terms of in terms of that though 
if mindset was strong, you always had the strong belief in yourself, in your product, in your team, in your journey. What areas did you struggle with as a as a business owner, as a businessman? So there are areas of doubt when there is there are along the journey there were perfect storms that came against you. I don't know the tax bill, plus you know the bank wouldn't give you the facility you need to do what you need to do. Um, you've hired a, a set of employees that you you hope are going to work, and that whole team just turns into a disaster. Um, and you have to go and bail it out. So there's been plenty of things go wrong. Don't think for one minute it's been an easy journey. Yeah. I just probably try and forget about those things and move forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're the kind of things that have happened. I think a lot of people, a lot of people problems, difficult employing family and friends. I think that's been painful along the way. And probably I think about ten years ago I decided no no more family, no more friends. This is on a business footing. Um same for me, I'm going to work, it's not a hobby, and you take a salary out of your business and you leave the rest of the money in. That's always been important. Invest back in your business. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 take everything out. Uh, if you're serious about building something that lasts for for you know decades, maybe centuries. Uh, that's a different mindset as well, Helen. You know, how long do you want this to last for? Are you building it to sell in the short term? Or, or do you want something that lasts? Uh, it was that Clumber Park moment where yeah. I thought, yeah, we could make something that lasts for centuries. Yeah. As as that decision then evolved with your journey, when you've when you've learned kind of what you're capable of, what the business is capable of, how well received the products were in the marketplace, have you then um, like evolved like your with your realization, thinking, wow, like you know, this has gone from it being a sustainable business for you and your family and for your family's futures to it then going on going, this is going to be a legacy De- like, definitely. for centuries, as you've just said. Definitely. Every step. I mean, it's a, it's bizarre, really. We've had to reinvent, or I've had to reinvent, what I want to get out of this time and time again, because it sounds cheeky to say this out loud, but we've achieved it yeah. each time. Um, you know, X amount of turnover, X amount of profit, X amount of product in the market. And we've done it time and time again. And it's not me, it's the team of people around me. Yeah. Um, but I love that because people always talk, don't they, about um, the end goal. The, the, you, you sit down and you have your strategy lessons or your, your, your meetings or you know, your planning is in place. And it's like, what is your end goal? Like seriously, when somebody would ask me that question, I want to punch them between the eyes. Yeah. Because yeah. if you had got your end goal pigeonholed, yeah. well, you'd have packed in at the age of 30 when you got lazy, for example. Exactly, exactly. That, and I had to go through that. That was something I had to learn that I don't want to stop. Yeah. And, and that's probably when I realised I wasn't doing it just for money. And actually I enjoyed it. Had it had more purpose. Yeah, it, it was enjoyment. It was why I was born, I guess. Yeah. Um, it created employment then you start having fun bringing people through your business and, and you start to take an interest in HR and developing people. Um, we've got some great success stories. Our sales director started as a photographer in the marketing department, uh, didn't know his own uh, worth. We were able to spot that, to train him uh, all the way through the sales director now. And I have very little doubt that he'll continue in the business or hopefully not elsewhere um, to, to be in charge of the place one day because he's got the capability and he just needed the belief in himself so yeah. 
Uh, we don't just bring people in from outside. We do develop people in the business as well. Yeah. That's really credible because obviously um, you appreciate that in terms of how you've had to develop and how you've had to learn um, and you've always taken interest with me and what I'm doing and how I then learn and develop and you give me advice over different things. Um, so it's, it's like that fatherly figure of you have had that experience um, and that you want to pass that into other people. I, th I think that's where I've developed to now that my joy is not in the money and maybe that's because you know, people listening might say, well, that's because you've got enough money now. And, and I guess there is a point where, and I don't know where it is, you've got to be content. Because if you just keep chasing cash, you'll never be content. So yeah. you've got to choose where you're content. Anything over and above that, great, keep going for it. Why, why not? Then decide what you're going to do with it. Mm. But the joy for me is in the people. Yeah. So the three pillars of our business, in the business we say you, which is the employees, they are the number one reason the business exists. Mm -hmm. You could say charity starts at home. It's a bit crass, but the people in the business are why we exist. We invest in them first. If you do that, they'll give back to the business. Second is uh, friends and family. Mm -hmm. So friends and family around the business could be suppliers, could be customers, could be friends and family of employees. And we're there for them as well. And we've got wonderful stories there where we've been able to help and impact those that those groups of people and then third is others um so it's you, you friends and family and others and that's what we live for others are the more obvious kind of charitable givings to to, to uh, you know things you can do in the world and it really makes you tick that's where the joy is it's in the people and and seeing changes and you wouldn't expect that if you don't mind me saying from um, a, a product-based, quite um, stereotypically male product um, that you that you that you business that you're in. Yeah, it's kind of it could also it could just be perceived as it is what it is. It, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah. You go into your um, your your supplier, whether you're in the UK, whether you're over in China, whether you're over in the US. And you pick up your products from the from the supplier off the shelf um, as a tradesman or woman, and that's it. It's kind of you don't necessarily learn and hear and understand yeah. the values that are actually underpinning yeah. the business the, the, behind there is, it. There is a backstory. We don't talk about it much. We don't use it for marketing purposes. It's uh -huh. not a we're not a Tom's shoes, and no disrespect to them or anybody else. Well, who's, please share with us now exclusively. I'll keep it short, but I, um, I, I became a Christian six years ago. So that's that's my backstory and really found purpose in, in why, why I'm alive, why the world exists, how we're here as part of a much bigger plan. And there's a real joy in, in giving back. And it really is. The more you give, the more you get. And it's that way around. And once you learn that, for the right reasons, just the joy that you get. I, I was I was making money, but there was no joy in it. Now there's joy followed by by money as Even well. Even more money that then you can share further. And and, and if you can recognise where content is, then you can do a lot of good with what's left over. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not knocking anybody. You can be content whether you've got a, a Ferrari or a, or a Ford Fiesta. It's yeah. wherever it is for you. Yeah. You just need to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's interesting then. You just said that obviously um, the backstory six years ago is when you became a Christian. Yeah. These three pillars of the business then, people, uh, sorry, you, yeah. which I love obviously, hashtag you first, um, um, is you, friends and family and others. Yeah. Was that created prior to you um, becoming a Christian? Um, no, no, quite the opposite. Right. Uh, the people in the business were probably last. They were a byproduct, and they were there basically to facilitate the making of money. They weren't particularly wow. cared for. So, as I said, then originally about the stereotypical just product on the yeah, shelf, yeah, um, and get it sold, and that's yeah. it. People were there to do a job and get paid and get out of the way, really, uh, and, and that's just horrible. Yeah, horrible. And and you have to be honest with yourself. If that's what you're doing, yeah, you might need to kind of reset that and think yeah. actually, uh, these people are really. The, 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 the reason this business exists yeah. and alright if you're money oriented that'll come it'll come as a consequence but make make it come secondarily not primarily yeah and then you will see great successes come your way um, and, and that's when the big opportunities will I don't know call it what you will whether it's the universe working for you God working for you I don't know whatever you believe in unicorns <laughs> I don't know, but it will start to work. That is that is uh, really, really fascinating then, over Not only um, have you said that your targets and your, um, your long-term goals for the business changed, but your actual ethos did. The actual kind of building of the foundation did yeah. with your change in your personal circumstances that yeah. then you infiltrated that back into the business yeah. for the better of the business and the better of the sustainability of, of I, I, I would imagine, staff fulfilment, employee fulfilment, stakeholder fulfilment. Uh, yeah, every, it, it really was a big change of heart. And, and some of the directors struggle with it today because they are money-making, business-planning machines, bless them, um, and they struggle to put people at the front of, of what we're doing. But no, we, we do run a, an annual um, staff happiness survey uh, run by Gallup, and um, the whole business is, you know, bonus, especially the directors, on the happiness of employees. That's their number one bonus, um, followed by, you know, turnover and profit and the, the usual stuff. But you could, you could make money at the consequence of having unhappy staff if you're not careful. Yeah. And that's a short-term plan. It's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. And we do want to build, uh, again, I'm going to quote Jim Collins again, we, we want to build a clock, not tell the time. We want to build something that sits and lasts for, for hopefully centuries. Yeah. And we've seen that with businesses like Bosch Power Tools, um, companies like Rolex. These are charitable giving businesses in the majority. I think Bosch is 90% a charity. I, can't, I don't know the percentage of Rolex. Um, but they still provide a superb product. Mm. Um, so they can go together. Yeah. But I, I find that really, really inspiring because starting off um, as a, an entrepreneur and, and changing kind of direction in life and being around a lot of young entrepreneurs and business startups myself... A lot of people's goals and aspirations is to give back. Yeah, it's lovely. I do find that people try to do that too soon. Yes, yeah. Would you agree that that's a, a hurdle? 
it, it's um, what's the analogy? Um, when you're on an aeroplane, you've got to put the mask on yourself first before helping others. Yeah. So you do have to be in a stable position. You've got to build it up to a certain point. Yeah. Where that is for you is yeah. is different for each business. Of course. Uh, and person. Um, I was a bit late towards that. I think um, I remember we'd 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 survive the two thousand and seven eight recession. Mm. And we're coming out the other side and we're making good money again. And um, the, the directors at the time came to me and said, right, what, what do you want, boss? Do you want a Ferrari? Do you want a yacht? Do you want a Lamborghini? Do you want a helicopter? And I was horrified mm. that that's who they thought I was, that that was my motivation. And it was at that point I went away and, um, and thought about why am I actually in business? Yeah because that, that didn't sit well with me. I'd never really thought about it. We were just playing the game. It was like Monopoly. It was good fun. Um, and, um, yeah, we came back with, with focus. I actually spoke to my children who went to a, a good school, uh, not a private school, a, a good school in Chesterfield, and they looked after a... Uh, they built a school in Africa, and when I asked my kids, what sh- should we do? I, I do think one of them might have wanted a new horse, um but other than that they said give the money away help other people less fortunate than us and i was blown away that my own children actually helped me be a better person and that's where the journey began yeah um, to change and i know that obviously um just for for reference to the to the listeners i i know you i know you're more on a personal level now through your your wife and I'm actually sat in, in, in Matthew, and, Matthew and Catherine's front living room in their home um, interviewing this very podcast. Um, but Matthew, just for, just for reference again for the listeners over that, for you becoming a better person, you're so modest with everything um, because it's not about you anymore. It's now for um, you sharing and helping other people, like you said, about the realisation through what your children at the time brought to the brought to the fore for you to consider everything that you do and everything that you um that you're about is about giving back now to other people isn't it yeah well it, it was like it, it was like i've been blind for for 40 years of my life nearly 39 years of my life i'd been stepping over homeless people i'd been ignoring you know uh, you, you see the tv adverts of the starving kids in africa and you think i can't do anything to help them and that realization that no, you've got to step in. You've got to. You, you can help, and even if it's only one person, yeah. well, we'll help them one person at a time. Yeah. Um, we don't. We, let's say we don't talk about it very much. We don't use it for marketing. We, I'd rather keep it quite low key yeah. generally. Yeah. Um, but it's really important that we, we we give back, and I encourage everybody. Again, you're going to find joy in helping the employees in the business. You're going to find a great deal of joy helping others. It's going to drive your business forward because, you know, if, if you don't use it as marketing, but if it's if it's mentioned, you know, in customer meetings that you hope to do good with with what you're doing, it goes a long way. Yeah. And we don't do it for that reason. Yeah. That's a byproduct. Yeah. Um, but um, where, you, where you say there that you were blind to it for 40 years... Um, I'm a big believer in the fact that I don't think you were blind to it, as you say. Yes, you could help. You could have helped one person um, per se. Uh, and hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? 
But had you not been in that position where you were fully focused on business, growing in business, you wouldn't be necessarily in the position that you're in now to be able to do that. So like, you would say as well that there's never the right time in as such that you control it just happened no well you you know my beliefs so it's i think it's coincided that i was kind of a bit lost i was a pure purest business person just making pure cash and building a business because it was a great game to do so and, and we enjoyed doing that and then yeah, it happened at the right time that we could actually see why that had happened and yeah. we could then go and help others. Yeah. And we had put our oxygen mask on and we were capable of helping those around us. Um, so that's great. You're a complete anomaly, to be fair, with that. Because what um, what is another thing about, you know, where I said about people start off with um, charitable intentions and all of that, mm. um, is a case that it's more often than not distinguish that you need to have your why in place before you start you had your why in place a lot uh, for different reasons it changed obviously as we've just said through the the interview up until this point it's changed but it was undoubtedly the fact that it was business it was money it was triggered in that response at that point in time and that evolved through time and changed and you know you went down different paths and you learned different things and you brought people on you had your own learnings but that why is not only because has only just become clear for its true purpose. Yes. Later on. That's true. So if if then people were to listen to the fact of, um, oh, you need your why in place before you start, and I, you need I, your I end goal. I couldn't with, have had the why in place. No. It wasn't possible. But that, how many that people was going to be revealed later? But how many people would stop themselves from becoming a business owner or an entrepreneur if they feel as though they'd not got the why in place? It's true. I guess your why is your why at the time. Yeah, but it can be changed. My original why was to pay the bills and and, and pay the mortgage like everybody else. Mm. And then if if you do okay and and connect the dots, then you can do that and you've got a bit left over. And and then, you you know, you've got choices. You either put it back in the business or, or you spend it. Yeah. And... For some reason, I've always been okay at saving and putting it back in the business. In mm. fact... And I don't know if, if, you, if your listeners can do this, but we've always put the vast majority back in. We don't, you know, it's been 80% gone back into the business yeah. since the business began uh, and try and live off, live off uh, far less um, and, and, give, and give, give, give some away as well, of course. Um, but, but you've got to keep that engine running so we don't give everything away. And we don't take everything out personally, yeah. but we keep the golden goose yeah. laying eggs. Yeah, yeah. It's constant development. We spoke constant. We spoke earlier, again, off, off record for this, about um, the Japanese term that I learned in business studies. Yeah, yeah, kaizen, kaizen. evolution. Yeah. It's the same word. It's yeah. constant development. Yeah. Um, always improving. There's always something better you can do. Yeah. Um, as we re-looked at our products and we started that back in 20. 15 um we looked at all our products which were doing great yeah. and we could when we reinvented them all and as we went to look at each one gosh we could see there were hundreds of things we could do better yeah and i think if we looked at them again today yeah. we could do it better again and that is evolution isn't yeah. it that is kaizen yeah from a product perspective and then you spoke about mm. then also developing your um your staff and your personnel absolutely yeah um 
I had a letter from from a young lad in the warehouse, and he'd started with us on on minimum wage, um, and and I got to know him a little bit, and he gave me a bit of his background story, which was harrowing, and we've made it kind of the 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 reason the company exists is to to help that lad, and to develop him through the business and I'm pleased he's been with us a few years now he's really come on I saw him just yesterday he'd got a new uh, high-vis vest on with all his titles on the back of fire marshal and first aider and and he you know he's got all his fork truck licenses and you know it's what what a joy yeah what a joy that is that that's taken over now really why why that is the why yeah it's beautiful to see but other people but take joy in it take a minute to look up from business 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 to soak in the joy of what you're doing mm. and would you say that is applicable for anybody any business owner at any point uh yeah definitely definitely T- take joy in 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 what you're doing and what all you're the learning, way through what you're learning. if you're just grafting and it's just solid hard work and yeah. you're absolutely shattered and there's no joy in it, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. For sure, you were created to be joyful. Um, that doesn't mean that everybody deserves a BMW and a, and a six-bedroom house, mm-hmm. but it does mean that you should be happy in what you're doing. Um, and if you work into your strengths, uh, and I'm a big believer in that, work to your strengths, um, Kind of avoid your weaknesses. Put other people in around you that support your weaknesses. Don't try and bolster your weaknesses because that's a real waste of life space. Mm. Um, stick to your strengths. Put great people around you. You're going to have a real happy, joyful career. Yeah. Okay. Well, finally, then, just to wrap this up, uh, Matthew, for any listeners out there who they're considering themselves starting up in business mm-hmm. what would be your um what would be your three main points of consideration for them because the reason i asked this question is because from like i said at the beginning local sheffield born and bred at the age of 17 starting off with your with your business with your brand and there are still huge, huge targets and aspirations for this to be number one globally. Mm-hmm. Okay. How then is that possible for anyone else that is considering doing something similar? Um, I do believe it's possible. I think I think you've got you do you need a belief in yourself that what the road you're setting out on is is something you're prepared to succeed in. You need to be in tune with who you are because you, you've been made uniquely for a purpose. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. Yeah. Um, when you were born, you were given skills and talents and it's who you are. Don't fight them. Go with them. Go with those strengths. Some people are wonderful musicians. Some people are wonderful organisers. Some people are wonderful inventors and have great ideation. You've got to go with what you've been given. Mm. Believe in yourself and be great. Do not set your target at being good or average or very good. Be great. Be the best in in Sheffield. Be the best in your village. Be the best in the UK. Be the best in the world. But shoot for being the best. Yeah. Fantastic. And that's exactly what you've done and what you are doing 
and, and continue to do every day. It's a journey. It's a journey. Thank you for sharing this journey with us, Thank Matthew. You, it's been very, very intriguing, really interesting. I'm sure the listeners would have taken a lot from it. And I look forward to obviously learning more and, and being around you and seeing all the, the successes and the achievements that you um, that you bring to the fore, not only for yourself, for your family, for your staff, your employees, but people that you help around the world as well. Thank you, Alan. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the HEW podcast. For continued support, please subscribe using iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play or SoundCloud. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review on your download platform. Tune in for more value and more content the same time next week.